Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, when God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, the ages of all ages, Amen. Last Sunday we were talking about where is our faith? So where do we put our faith? Where is our faith found? The Lord Jesus today is basically asking us, why do we have faith? Why do you believe? Why, why is it that we believe in general? And question is asked because they, they came to the Lord and said, where have you been? Where did you come from? And he answered right away and told them, you see me most assuredly, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. So when it was a convenient thing to find Jesus, or when he was giving them bread, he was giving them fish, they found everything they needed, it was very convenient to follow him. But he said to them, it's not for this that you should be following me. So he's asking us, why do we believe in him? Do we believe in Jesus when things are good and the prayers are answered exactly the way we want? When anything we request is done in the timeline we've requested it to be done by in and so on? Or do we believe in him for him? Do we follow him for him? Because these people follow Jesus for the bread and fish and then when... He says something else about this bread, that he is the bread to follow, that he is the bread to eat, to live forever. All of a sudden, they said, we don't know about following you anymore. When the, the Lord asks certain questions that might be critical for us, we question. Or when we've prayed for something for a very long time and didn't get it the way we wanted to, we question. And the, the list of things goes on that leads us to question ourselves and then question God. And maybe this is not for me. Maybe Christianity isn't for me. Maybe I'm not, not meant to be a Christian. Maybe Jesus is not my God. Maybe he's just a really nice person that lived a very long time ago. And that's it. But the Lord is going to keep questioning us at all times. Why do you believe in me? Because we have taken that, say, that step to follow him and say... Lord, I believe in you. I'll follow you. But then when things start to change in our lives, and then we start basically taking a step back, maybe that step back is not even very obvious. Maybe it's not a very clear step that we've taken that changed our direction with God. But there's something in our heart that's basically saying, you know what, I'm not too sure about this faith. Or I'm not too sure about you. The Lord is going to keep asking us, why? What do you want? What do you seek? And if we consider it as a question that is personal for me, then I'm going to reflect today. And I'll reflect every, every other day. And at the end of the day, why did I follow Jesus today? Or how did I manifest this following of Jesus in my life? From the beginning, when the Lord met the disciples the first time, there was a critical questioning of that as well. So look at John chapter 1. It says, again, the next day John stood with two of his disciples. So John the Baptist was with two of his disciples. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he pointed to Jesus and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. So the two disciples heard what St. John said, heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? See, again, from the beginning, 
What do you seek? What are you expecting to get out of me? Imagine God, the creator of the universe, saying, what do you expect to get out of me? Are you expecting material? I'm not guaranteeing material. Are you expecting uh, the praise of men? Not guaranteeing the praise of men. Are you expecting credit from everyone and thanks and, and your welcome and courtesy? I'm not guaranteeing that. He himself rejected all of these things or gave them all up for us all the way to Hades, not just to the cross. All the way, all the way down. So he's going to ask you, what do you seek? And depending on the answer, you may either run and keep following or you might walk away and say, no thanks. That happened to a man, as you know, the rich young ruler who came up, what must I do, Lord, to inherit eternal life? When the Lord gave him the ultimate request, he also walked away. And he left away sad because he had great possessions. He couldn't handle the request. Because the Lord was trying to tell him, forget the material, forget the request. It's, it's about you and me here. So they said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. So first he said, what do you seek? Then he said to them, come and see. Come and see, come and follow. Come and see for yourself. You're not going to get this from what people have to tell you. It's not going to suffice hearing about me from second or third parties. That's not going to do it for you. If you want to sit there and fall asleep, it's your choice. It's not going to cut it for you. That's what he's trying to say. So in the same chapter, by the way, John chapter 6 that we read from today, when the Lord started to talk about himself being the bread of life, finally many people left him. At first they followed him and they loved everything he had to say and everything he did and everything was beautiful. When things started to get a bit complica complicated or complex or difficult or they didn't like exactly what he had to say anymore, the message wasn't really involving bread and fish anymore, they left. So then the disciples themselves were asked, the Lord said, what will you do now? So now it was down to the very few that were following. They said to him, he said to them, what are you going to do? Are you also going to leave at this point? Now that it's not as fun, the ride is not as fun as it was at the beginning. So St. Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Where am I going to go? Where, where am I going to follow now? They basically confirmed that they're not following him for bread and fish. They're not following him for prestige. They're not following him for getting their answers requested, uh, prayers answered at a certain, way, certain time in a certain way. It was no longer about that. They said, you have the words of eternal life. We'll follow you because of what you had to say. That doesn't mean they're not going to make mistakes. They made mistakes, as you know, as we all make mistakes, all the day, every day. When the Lord rose from the dead, there was an interesting conversation between the Lord and St. Peter. Then the Lord asked him, do you love me? Yes, you love me, yes, you love me, yes, three times. Feed my sheep, feed my lambs, tend my lambs, tend my sheep, follow me. So then it says that St. Peter turned around as, as him and the Lord were having this conversation. Just the Lord Jesus and St. Peter. But then after the conversation and the confirmation and the restoration of St. Peter, it says that St. Peter turned around and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following. Who is that disciple, by the way? I'm sure everyone knows, or most of you know. Which disciple are we talking about here? John. You know, he never mentions himself in the gospel. 
who also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? So imagine you're face to face with Jesus. You're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with him and you decide to, wait, wait a minute, what about this guy? What about the person that just walked into the church? What about the person that's parking their car right now? What about the person sleeping in the house next door? What about him? What about her? What about them? The Lord said to him, If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Forget looking around you. Stop following in, following, following in that same trap, that same pit of comparison. And asking about what about her? How come? What about them? Why her? Why me? Why not him? Why not her? Why not us? Why not them? And what about, and what about, left and right, left and right, front and back, front and back. He says, follow me. It's about you and me here. It's not about the people around you. It's about everyone here, but everyone here should say, it's about you and me, Lord. And that you and me, Lord, if everyone takes that same stance in their heart, in their thoughts, while they fall asleep, or while they look at their phone, or while they're thinking about everything else, or comparing themselves to everything else, think, wait a minute. Pause, 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 pause. Put a hold on all of that and say, Lord, it's about you and me. Things will be very different. There's a beautiful story that happened with St. Anthony. St. Anthony the Great says, Three fathers used to go and visit Blessed Anthony every year. And two of them used to discuss their thoughts and the salvation of their souls with him. But the third always remained silent and did not ask him anything. After a long time, Ava Anthony said to him, you often come here to see me, but you never ask me anything. And the other replied, it is enough for what? Some of you are familiar with the story. It's enough for me to see your face. It is enough for me to see you, Father. That's all I need. It's more than enough. So basically saying, I'm coming to see you. I'm coming to spend time with you. So when we come to sit down and open our Bibles today or tomorrow or later today, when we pray the next time, or are we praying throughout liturgy today, we can ask ourselves, am I here just to place my requests before the Lord? Which is not a wrong thing, because he says, ask, ask away. But more importantly, he's saying, are you coming to just spend time with me? How about just the two of us? The Lord says, come, let us reason together. Just you and me. Forget about everything else for now. Put your, your requests and your demands and your issues and your prayers aside for a minute and let's just talk the two of us how are you how was your day imagine getting an opportunity to sit down with jesus right now quite often the first thing we say is lord help lord have mercy and that's what the liturgy is about right we pray together for many things and for many people and for many issues and we we from the beginning of liturgy we're praying for people's health issues and for people's problems and so on and we're raising people's names on the altar which is a beautiful thing to do but the lord says let's just talk have you ever i'm sure some of you have had this experience with people you love or people you know or people you work with you sit down and right away they come to you okay so this is what we have to do uh, you know there's this big issue coming at work and we have to get oh you know and by the way this bill has to be paid by the end of the month and by the way so have you ever told that person wait a minute how are you How's your day? What's your name? People come sometimes, they'll talk, hi. And there's no even fill in the blank of who they're hiing to. And as if that person in front of them is just like customer service. 
A 1-800 number. And by the way, uh, come on. Uh, wait a minute. Hello, how are you? And your name is? You know, there are people who work for customer service. Some of you probably work for customer service. And you know people who work for customer service. Or you've dealt with people from customer service. If you ask the people that are on the receiving end of the phone call, you know what they tell you? They're amazed at the phone call. Because some people call them like basically they own that person on the other side of the line. So, you know, what do they usually tell you? Like when you dial the number and you press one or you choose, you select the language you want to speak in and, the, and then the, you select why you're calling and all that stuff, then what happens? So then finally somebody picks up. You might have been waiting for five minutes, 10, 20, an hour, an hour and a half, depending. And you've been hearing this music in the background that they're trying to appease you with or by. And it's, it's so annoying that it plays in your head the rest of the day, even though you're done with that conversation hours ago. What happens? Say, hello, uh, thank you for calling, blah, blah, blah. My name is so-and-so. And, 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 and this call might be recorded. How may I help you? What usually happens? They, they, they made their introduction. They said, hello, my name is, I work for this. And, 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 how may I help you? And then the person says, and they start basically machine gunning the person. This is what you guys did, and this is what happened on my bill, and I have a discrepancy of 12 cents, and I will refuse to pay these 12 cents no matter what you tell me, and I'm taking it to the Supreme Court of Canada. And, and the other person just sitting there is like, oh my goodness, it's one of those. But they have to be on their best behavior because they're being evaluated, aren't they? And they're also going to be reviewed because this is recorded for quality assurance and all that stuff, right? Some of them say it's amazing how one out of every X number of calls, the person says, well, hi, hello, so-and-so, my name is so-and-so, how was your day going so far? They don't know what to answer. They pause for a second, oh my goodness, this is a, either a freak or a really nice person, actually, that's going to treat me like I'm a human being, not just a robot. That's right. It's kept as a reference after that. So the Lord is saying, how about we have one of those conversations where, hello, my name is Jesus. Nice to meet you. What's your name? Well, Lord, you know my name. You know that I love you. He says, it's okay, but let's talk anyway. Let's reintroduce ourselves. This is very important. Ask yourself this as you pray today. Pray and ask away, but also say, Lord, let's just spend time, quality time, the two of us. It's like a couple going out, people are going to be celebrating different occasions, and they go out for dinner, and they sit there, and then there's a hockey game or the Super Bowl on the, the, the big screen, and nobody's looking at the person in front of them because they're too busy watching the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl again. And they're focused on the screen and they're mesmerized by it. Rather than being in tune with the person they're in front of, the person they're talking with. It's very important. This, this quality time. This young disciple said, I'm just here to see you. See, it's enough for me to see your face. Ask Jesus to give you this same manifestation. Where you can sit down with him today. And Lord, I'm just enjoying looking at you today. I don't want anything. I just want to be in your presence. This will do wonders for your spiritual life, by the way. I'm not saying don't pray for everything you want to pray for, but I'm saying think about that for a second. In the book of Proverbs, Solomon says to us, he who follows righteousness 
In other words, he who follows Jesus finds life, righteousness, and honor. He who follows righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness, and honor. You will find everything your heart desires, what your heart yearns for. Your heart yearns for life. You're created to live forever. Your heart yearns for righteousness, not self-righteousness, not a masquerade, but the righteousness of Christ. You follow righteousness of Christ, you receive the righteousness of Christ. And you receive His honor. It says, He who follows me, Him my Father will honor. He who serves me, Him my Father will honor. But it's a, it's a between you and Him thing. It's not about who else is following around. It's like Anthony Bloom, the Metropolitan, once said, God can save the sinner you are, but He cannot save the saint you pretend to be. He's not going to work with masquerades. He says, come as you are. Let us be open and transparent. Just as Jesus was naked publicly for all of us and our salvation, you also be open and transparent with me. Be yourself and open your heart. Solomon says, my son, give me your heart. Let your eyes observe my ways. You remember this scene, I'm sure. What's, what's the scene there in that little picture? Who's there? Let's start with the easier one. Who's this? Now I'm talking about the guy behind him there. Who's that? No, we don't know him. So this is Jesus. That's right. And how about these two people? Very good. That's right. Mary and Martha. No cell phones, right? You see, there's no cell phone in anybody's hand in the picture. Nobody's falling asleep while Jesus is talking to them. They're fully awake and sober. Now, which one is Mary? Which one's Martha again? I'm sure you remember. Point to which one. Okay, we'll start with this. Who is this lady here? Are you sure it's Martha? Okay, so this is Mary. Why? What's the difference between the two? Aren't they both sisters? Aren't they both beloved by the Lord just as Lazarus, their brother, is beloved? What's the difference? One was busy. One was busy with a lot of things. One is looking at the situation. Why is my sister sitting there doing nothing? I have to do all the work and she gets the credit for being the goody two-shoes. And I don't know what, and I don't know what, and the comparison. Mary is just focusing on Jesus. It's enough to see your face. It's enough to be in your presence. And the Lord said, Martha, I love you. And what you're doing is never going to be forgotten. But one thing is needed. And your sister Mary, she chose that one thing. doesn't mean you can't... You ha you can't or you mustn't do everything else. You have no choice. You have to go to work tomorrow. You have to do a ton of things today and tomorrow. But today is the day of rest for a reason. Today is the day of the Lord for a reason. For us to think together, who am I here for? Why do I have faith in Christ? Why am I a Christian? Why do I believe in Jesus? Is it convenient? Is it easy? Is it hard? Am I getting something out of it? Does it grant me some sort of um, group to be part of? Like some sort of posse? A clique? What does it give me to be with Jesus? Does it give me bread and fish to the full? What does it give me to be with Jesus? He wants us to answer that question. So well, it's, sometimes it's very difficult. I'm trying to be honest and have the right intentions in my Christian walk. And then life goes sour sometimes. Yeah, he said it would. He didn't always promise bread and fish. He didn't always promise bread and fish. He said, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. It's not about bread and fish. David tells us in the psalm, we pray this in the morning, 
in the prime hour of Psalm 15 or 16, he says, You will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In your presence. In his presence. There's a beautiful book called In Thy Presence by Father Lev Gillet. I encourage you to read it. Short book full of little meditations and focus on being in the presence of Jesus, not just being in the presence of other Christians, being in the presence of a religious organization, a religious institution, a building that we go to on Sunday morning or whatever day of the week. It's way more than that, being in the presence of Jesus. So say, Lord, search me. David tells us, or the psalmist tells us in Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search my heart. Let me see if my heart is truly yours or it's just for a lot of other things and you're just one of those things. Jesus cannot be one of those things. You cannot put Jesus Christ, the Lord of the universe, in the list of one of those things. You will never enjoy Him that way. I promise you this. He cannot be one of the things on the list, one of the to-do list, to-do list of Sunday. Go to church, listen to a guy bore us, and then go home, and then go to Costco, and then watch the Super Bowl. That Jesus cannot be one of those things on the list. Remove him from that list. He doesn't belong on that list. He doesn't belong on a list. Because you're not on a list either. You're in his heart. And he says, I want to be in your heart as well. Let us also let it be in each other's hearts. Keep me in your heart. Keep me at the center of your heart. He says, I keep you at the center of my heart. And this is going to strengthen you beyond when you need to defend your faith or speak of your faith. When people are, why do you believe in Christianity? Why are you a Christian? Right away you're going to say, wait a minute, pause. My Christianity is not a religion. I'm not a Christian because I go to this church or I'm, a, I'm part of that denomination. No, no, no. It's going to be way more than that. St. Paul says, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. It's going to be a different level of faith. It's not going to be the same anymore. Somebody walks up and says, so why are you a Christian? You're not going to just, well, because um, my parents baptized me as a baby. That's not going to be very convincing to the person you're speaking to as to why you became a Christian. That's not going to do anything for them. It's going to do nothing for them. You need to know what you believe and why you believe it. More importantly, who you believe and why you believe in Him. Say, so I love you. I, I believe in because I love Him. I'm in love with Jesus. That's why I'm a Christian. And He's in love with me. That's why I'm a Christian. It's, this is where you need... That's your starting point. Your starting point is not theology or theological debate or theological questions. Your starting point is why you love Jesus and why He loves you. I am in love with Jesus Christ. He is in love with me. Period. And then the rest is details. The rest will follow. The rest comes. That's why St. Peter tells us, sanctify the Lord God. Set Him apart in your heart. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So everyone and anyone who asks you, you'll be ready to give an answer. Another version of the same verse gives it another way of looking at it. It says, in your hearts, revere Christ. This is what sanctify the Lord God in your hearts means. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. 
Why do you have hope in Jesus? Why is Jesus such a big deal to you? Why? But do this with gentleness and respect. St. Paul exemplified that because he says, For this reason I also suffered these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. He says, I'm going to be beheaded shortly. This is the last thing I'm writing to you people. That's what he's telling us. But I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not worried about that. Because I know in whom I believe. I have a personal relationship with Jesus. At the end of the day, ultimately, everything you do, your vocation in Christ is to be a saint. Whether you're a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or a banker or whether you have one child, ten kids, no kids, whether you live in Canada, live in Australia, whatever. All of these are details. Ultimately, your vocation is to be a saint. You are called to be a saint. Everyone sitting here, everyone standing outside, everyone sleeping, everyone on their way, everyone on this planet was redeemed with the blood of Christ to be a saint. This is my calling. This is your calling. Plain and simple. And therefore, it has to be a personal encounter. Why do I believe in Jesus? You need to answer that question. Nobody can answer it for you. I can't answer it for you. The person next to you can't answer it for you. You can't answer it for them. You need to answer it for yourself. And if you don't have the answer that you know you need to have from what you've heard today, let's pray for that today. Let's start saying, Lord, grant me to fall in love with you as you have loved me with an everlasting love, as you loved me and died for me and gave yourself for me. That we may be one-on-one, -on -one, just you and I, Lord. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.